Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. American Family Insurance takes a different approach to creative, leaving behind the silly humor and fuzzy animal mascots used by most in the category for earnest, purposeful storytelling that reaches communities authentically. That approach is led by Sharina Smith, Chief Marketing Officer at the Challenger Insurance brand. Smith, who has a background across verticals, including retail, healthcare, and food and beverage, ensures that each campaign is backed by rigorous audience insights, which lead to messaging that will resonate with diverse groups. Smith joins the Campaign Chemistry podcast this week to discuss her approach to marketing, her view on how purposeful brands can live up to their promises, and more. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, the editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hi, Sharina. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. Um, so I'm really excited to chat with you today because I know American Family Insurance takes a bit of a different approach to the insurance category, um, and I'm definitely excited to dig into that with you. So talk to me a little bit about your role and how you sort of approach marketing um, at the company. Yeah, so I am the chief marketing officer of the American Family brand. We are about a $12 billion enterprise, of which the American Family brand is about nine of the 12. Um, when I think about my role as a marketer, I really think of myself as like an orchestra conductor. So if I think broadly, you know, I'm the conductor, I've got lots of talented musicians, and marketing is really, for me, about blending the those multiple master musicians to get to a symphonic expression of the brand. And so what does that mean? So that means it's the approach of how does everyone internal come together in addition to our external agency partners? Um, we have sponsorship partners. And so how do we all play our roles in a, in a way um, that helps the brand to come to life in a vivid fashion for our consumers? Yeah, I think that a lot of CMOs these days, they are exactly like, you know, orchestra conductors, right? Because there's so many different marketing disciplines and they all have to work together um, and somebody needs to be coordinating all of that. So what are some of the like most important, um, you know, teams, functions, positions under your organization? Like how do you how do you structure that? Yeah. So, you know, we are I think about, you know, you start with a business because at you know, the ultimate goal is that we are here to drive growth for the business and retain um, high value customers. So to that end, there's a function underneath me that's filled in product marketing. And that is really the liaison between us and understanding the product, understanding what's driving the business, uh, understanding our exclusive agency sales force and what do they need to drive their business. And so that's the core along with consumer insights. Mm -hmm. We take that they work really closely as the liaison between the business and our brand strategy team. The brand strategy team is really taking those business insights and consumer insights and turning that into marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. and they then become the conduit to our agency partners so that our agencies can turn it into advertising strategy. Um, and then, so if you think of that as like the foundation, then surrounding that group is our audience management and media team, um, which what I love about that team is it's more than just media and channels. It's really audience, full audience management from the one-to-one, -one, so email, direct mail, and social, all the way up to one-to-many. And then even within that, 
we think very um, purposefully around how we reach each of our audiences based on their um, their consumption habits. So from the Hispanic American audience to the African American audience to our more broad general audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the sponsorships and events team in that again, is really the brand made manifest like in real life. So who are the key partners that we can, you know, have live events with or leverage uh, fandom and translate it to our brand to bring that whole story to life. And then there's also the digital teams. So our website and our app is really, you take all of that and it can either drive growth in the virtual slash digital space at the site and the app, or it can drive growth through our, um, our field agents. And so where do agencies come in? Like what roles, what gaps are you having them fill? Where do they add value to all of this, um, you know, teams that you have in house? Yeah. So, you know, I think of our agency partners, our creative agency partners as truly an extension of our team. And so we work really hard to make sure they understand and know our business. So they are business partners as well as creative partners. Um, we leverage them for like specifically we have some agencies that are really deep in culture. And so I think it's always important to be authentic in that space and to make sure that you're at the tip of culture and you're really coming to life in a way that's going to resonate with the right consumer group. So we certainly have um, an agency partner that we leverage for that. Um, and then, you know, I, I think brand safety and brand image is really important. The brand voice, how does it show up consistently? And so as we partner across with other media properties, as we partner with our sponsorship partners, um, our agencies help to ex- amplify that voice for us. They help us to make sure that we are auditing and ensuring that there is just consistent brand voice and that we are um, managing brand safety well. Mm. Who are some of your uh key agency partners. Yep. So from a uh, media perspective, we Publicis is our partner and within Publicis is Performix. Mm-hmm. Um, our large agency, part, our agent, creative agency partner um, on the is BBDO does our creative. And then we also partner with Elite Media, who is the partner that I mentioned that helps us to stay at the tip of culture. And mm-hmm. the Revolution is a partner that we leverage for sponsorships and events. Got it. So I know that um, I was, as I was alluding to before, American Family takes a bit of a different approach creatively and from, it seems like from a media perspective than other insurance companies, um, a lot more focus on real stories, on diversity, on speaking to consumer groups in a very authentic and specific way. Talk about um, how you differentiate from the rest of the category and why. Yeah. So, you know, Let's talk about the category first, right? So insurance is a a category with a lot of expenders. Um, We spend maybe 10 or 20% of some of the competition. And so for us, we think of ourselves as a challenger brand. And it's important that we are able to punch above our weight, that we canvas the market, and we choose the right opportunities to stand out from the rest. And so one way we do that is we don't do a lot of comedy. You know, we think of ourselves as operating in a noble category that helps people to protect their dreams. In fact, our brand mission is to inspire, protect, and to restore dreams. And so living in that space alone helps us to stand out. Um, I think the other part of how we stand out as a challenger brand is we choose key partners that we know will amplify who we are. So for instance, um, 
we think, you know, we are we are here to inspire dreams. And so who is the ultimate dreamer? It's Dr. King. So two years ago, we partnered with Time and we brought the I Have a Dream speech to life um, at a museum in Chicago. And so it was really bringing Dr. King's message around dreaming fearlessly to a new generation. Mm-hmm. And that's a way for us to bring the brand to life in, in a real way that also allows people to understand and, and, and appreciate the the true history of our of our brand, the history of our country, and things that have happened that really bring to life our commitment to dreams. Um, other ways that we've done it have been um, choosing partners who help us to really expand on what we do, like functionally. And so, one of our key partners is the Property Brothers because we, you know, we protect the home and we have um, the ambition to really lead in the homeowner space. And so partnering with um, Drew and, and uh, Jonathan Scott helps us to really punctuate our, our role in that space of, you know, hard work and bringing your dreams to life. Mm-hmm. So to, I want to back up a little, talk about the history of the brand, because it is such a, such a different approach than, you know, you were mentioning most insurance brands sort of lean into comedy. They have these wacky mascots. They cover a bunch of different insurance category. So talk about um, American Family and, and what the what the core of the brand is. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, to inspire, protect and to restore dreams is our um, our brand mission. And, you know, we often say that any dream is possible with the right support. And the way that comes to life for us is in inspiring dreamers we are very connected to community we believe strongly in purpose and think of ourselves as a purpose driven brand um we are tightly connected to community through exclusive agents and so our agents are working closely with other um, groups to help bring the brand to life through each of the sponsorships that we're engaged in we have a strong relationship with their community uh and um outreach groups. So in Milwaukee, we've done a lot with Little League. In Atlanta, we're launching a relationship with soccer in the streets as a part of our um, sponsorship of the Atlanta United MLS team. And so the brand is really anchored in a place of giving back and inspiring and restoring dreams to the point that if you look at who we are as an organization, it goes beyond just marketing message for us. So we have a $105 million commitment. Our Free to Dream commitment is really about breaking down equity gaps and barriers for folks who you know, may have challenges in life because we believe everybody should be free to dream. Yeah, so, so talk about like some of the, I know there's, there's sort of this debate now about purpose marketing, right? Like has it, has it gone too far? Has it, um, you know, are certain brands sort of trying to, to get on the bandwagon? Talk about like what it takes to be authentic in that approach. You know, I think um, we, we think of it in terms of brand acts. And so our brand is more than, I mentioned it, it's more than a message. It's the act of how we show up in the community. And so there are some key things that we have done as a brand. Like one of them is, you know, we have a full organization, our business ventures group, which is really about investing, finding opportunities to invest in community and invest in startups that are committed to giving back. Um, we also have our Dreams Foundation. We most recently, um, I think today, have raised almost $13 million for um, organizations in and around the Madison community through uh, the Dreams Foundation. And so 
all of those things have uh, contributed mm-hmm. to, 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 to being and living out our purpose beyond just saying we, we do purpose marketing. Right. So how does that sort of translate into your creative approach? I know that um, like you, you, American Family put out a campaign that was just sort of filming real fathers and their children. Right. So talk about how that that different approach works as opposed to, you know, the humor that other insurance brands often lean into. Yeah. So for Father's Day, it was really a salute that was uh, focused on. Uh, saluting fathers and it was a moment that you know we led with a, a multicultural view because it was there were two things there we wanted to salute fathers as the embodiment of protection for their families we also wanted to bring to life all different types of dads because we recognize that we represent many different communities and so in that campaign we led with Hispanic dads with African-American dads disabled dads I mean it was an opportunity to really show um, the plurality of who fathers are and what protection can look like and all the different shapes and forms that it can come in. It was a celebration of the diversity of our fathers um, and how they show up differently and yet with love and protection. So you talk a bit about this distinction between like the multicultural market and the general market, right? Like how the industry is sort of still framing uh, the market this way. What, What are... Uh, either other brands in the category or brands in general, like missing out on by sort of not leaning into these uh, diverse representations and understanding of different consumer groups the way that you guys have? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, first of all, we have to recognize that no consumer group is a monolith. Um, I think the second thing we need to think about is where is the growth coming from? So if you look at the census data, of population growth from 2010 to 2020 was driven by people of color. And that comprises almost 40% of the U.S. population. And I think, you know, marketing 101 is understanding what is the consumer insight and how do you leverage that consumer insight to drive behavior? And so if you go back to where I started in terms that consumers are not a monolith. And so understanding the insight is what we do as marketers, which means we have to get underneath what I call um, marketing that's just based on um, casting and understand what's the insight and what makes people different and and what drives their behaviors. Mm -hmm. You know, spending power for um, African-Americans has consistently increased by 5% annually for like the past 20 years. If you look at the Hispanic buying power, it's almost at $2 trillion. And so that's a lot of opportunity Um, But at the same time, people are individuals and they want to be seen as individuals. They want to be seen as, you know, as people who as real people, not just a a group. Mm -hmm. So I think marketers miss out on the opportunity to drive true growth. um, And when you don't embrace the richness of the diversity of consumers. Do you think that marketers like they lack access to the right data or they're just not? thinking about this the right way. Like I know that the industry is sort of starting to like wake up to this, that yeah, the different consumer groups are not monoliths and that there are groups within groups and like you have to talk to different uh, consumers in, in, in specific ways. But what is it that's holding the industry back in this, in this sense? Uh, a few things. I mean, I, I think that we have to continue to bust this myth that culture is always created by dominant culture. I mean, it, if you look at where is culture truly created, what's the tip of culture and trend, it 
many times comes from black and brown communities. Um, and, and so recognizing that I think is the first thing. I also think that brands need to go beyond stereotypical tropes. So these consumers have grown up in a world of personalization. We all have, we expect to be seen as individuals. We have nuanced lived experiences. And so we need to create targeted media plans, not a one size fit all. And we also, you know, really need to get beyond just um, cast, casting. Mm -hmm. we, we've got to stop expecting audiences to find themselves in the work and start showing them reflected. So it's really more than just translating campaigns into a language or, you know, showing different faces. It's, it's about what, what is their key insight and what makes their experience different. I yeah. also think that people want brands that are committed to diversity and not just commercializing it. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that really means full representation across the marketing ecosystem. I think you have to have, everyone needs to be represented from the idea conception to behind the cameras to strategy, because that's when you really start to challenge any misconceived notions of what, who and what people are. So how do you hold, um, you know, how do you ensure for that diversity in your own teams and hold your partners accountable for that as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, our approach is that there should be, we are integrated across. And so because growth is primarily driven in that multicultural consumer space, we ensure that all of our strategies have the multicultural consumer at the core. And so from the, our multicultural agencies to the insights that are driven to our internal teams, we put them at the center. And then we, from there, we understand, okay, so what's, what is unique? What is different? And how do we create work um, that isn't just about uh, an external gaze, but is really about the internal um, perception of self? So people want to be seen for who they are, not just what they look like. Right. How do you, um, I know, you know, media has become a part of this conversation as well. And I know that, you know, insurance brands are typically big, like linear TV spenders, uh, the 30 second spot. In what ways are you thinking about diversifying media spend or spending differently um, than other brands in the category to sort of fit this, um, you know, this, this effort that you're making on the creative side as well. Yeah. So, you know, media habits are changing. And one of the things that we have certainly begun to shift is shift our buy from being so focused on broadcast linear media Mm -hmm. and really shifting more into the digital and streaming space. The other thing that we have been really focused on is how can we create content that's integrated into um, integrated into entertainment versus the traditional 30 second spot. So premiering tonight, as a matter of fact, oh. uh, we have we are integrated into an ESPN special that brings to life Derek Jeter's uh, career. Derek Jeter is a long brand ambassador for us since 2016. So this is an opportunity for us to capture a moment in culture to integrate into content that people will naturally be watching and really show up in a fresh and new way that allows us to break through. So, so how are you integrating into it? Um, t- tell me a little bit more about the campaign. Yeah. And so it's, it's a full um, 360 campaign that is integrated into the ESPN and ESPN plus specials. We will be featured in, in digital and in social Um we also have um, segments that are built into the actual show that almost feel seamless to the content. Very cool. So how do you, um, 
I know just looking at your background, you've worked across different different verticals, right? You were at JCPenney, um, the retail space, AbbVie, in, in the healthcare space, in craft, in the CPG space. How does that inform both your approach to creative and also just to like how you um, organize your teams and, and set up and, and, and approach the category differently? Yeah, for me, you know, I think um, as I think about how I approach marketing, um, I always start with like, what is the the core business model? So what's the core insight? What's what's the key revenue driving function of the industry? And then how do we ensure that we drive growth and profitability? And so essentially, I think of it as what's the intersect? What's that point of intersection between consumer insight and business value? Mm-hmm. Is I think about across each of the categories that I've worked in, each one of them has taught me something different. So driving traffic is a big part of retail. Well, it turns out that you know a lot of what we do in the insurance category is drive traffic to our exclusive agents. It's also, you know, the that tension point between a physical location and doing commerce digitally is also a big tension point in retail. I think, you know, we also have in insurance this question of for us, we have agents who um, drive our business, but we also have the opportunity to really integrate a digital experience into that agent experience. Not that different from how I think retail is beginning to really integrate a digital experience with a physical experience. Um, other industries that I've worked in, you know, pharma is really in, baked into how do you um, infiltrate the physician and get to that recommendation from the physician and get consumers to ask for your drug. I think in the insurance space, this is really how do we empower our agents um, and get them to the place so that they can be strong recommenders of our product, but we can also, again, drive the traffic of consumers into their office um, to learn more about our products. So, you know, when you start getting down to the core of each of these business models, there are a lot of transferable skills that I've been able to bring from each industry that I've worked in. And I didn't talk about consumer packaged goods, but, you know, that is really, you know, the foundation of understanding brand. How do you build strong brands and how do you ensure that those brands can penetrate the human psyche? Yeah, no, it definitely shows that, you know, there's that, you know, you're pulling these different less different uh, things that you learn from each vertical into your into your approach here. Um, talk about, I'm interested in what you were talking about with the digital transformation of the insurance space. It feels like kind of one of those industries that hasn't quite been fully disrupted yet, still a bit analog. Talk about what's changing and, and where you see the marketplace going and how American Family Insurance can is seizing on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that for us, it is um, ensuring that we enable customers to be able to do business the way they want to do it when they want to. And um, I think the, the best part of our business model is that they get to do that on their own terms. And they also have um, an agent who's there to help them, to help them through that journey. And, and they can you know pivot in and out of having personal connection with their agent to sometimes getting things done in a digital environment. And so creating an omni experience is really where we are headed. And and I think as you think about the future of insurance, I think that's the future of business in general. People want to be able to choose. They don't always want only digital and they don't always want only um, to have digital not be an option. But being able to flex in and out pending their needs is really where I think we're headed. Right. It's this hybrid, this idea of hybrid, right? Yeah. Whether that's sort of how you engage with businesses, how you engage with your workplace. Um, 
So what sorts of um, like trends are you seeing in terms of, you know, what what are consumers wanting to do online? Where do they still need that, um, you know, sort of like in-person contact? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, consumers certainly um, are happy to do their research online. That's where, you know, most people have researched three to four uh, insurance companies. And that starts in the digital space. Um, I think that starting the quote experience in that digital space can also be a great option for consumers. However, there are some other com- there are other parts of this um, buying decision or buying journey that are more complex. So first time home buyers, many times we see that they'll start in the digital space, but then there are a lot of questions that happen when you're buying your first time home or just buying a home in general because it's a com- it's a large purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, any time that you're actually using your insurance for a claim is another place where it's often helpful to have a person to call or a person to talk to to help guide you through that process. So I think, you know, as we think about flexing up and flexing down in a space of complexity is where the agent really becomes extremely helpful. Mm, for sure. Um, so obviously, we're in a an interesting time in, in the U.S., uh, lots of polarizing things happening. There's, you know, economic headwinds on the horizon. How are you navigating both, um, you know, changing economic conditions as well as like political realities in the U.S. as a brand? Because especially as a purpose-driven brand, right, you have to sort of take a stance on certain issues. Talk about your approach here. Yeah, I mean, for us as a brand, you know, we, we focus on progress and purpose, not perfection. Um, we certainly are not we're not um, standing in the center of a political moment, but we are in the center of human human aspiration. And how do we build strong communities? How do we help people who aspire to fulfill their dreams to feel protected so that they can dream fearlessly and they can really reach for the things that they have the greatest passion for without the worry of, um, of the things that they have the most investment in being protected. And that that's the space that we live in. And I think, again, inspire, protect, and restore dreams. And so that in and of itself is strongly purpose-driven and strong communities help to get you there. So I think that that's really where we're anchored as a brand. Mm-hmm. And there's much more um, ability to unify people when you anchor there um, than the things that divide us. Yeah, it's it's... I think, you know, but finding finding the things that unify us seem to get, be getting harder and harder. Um, what's sort of your advice, I guess, for marketers right now navigating this this moment? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to, first of all, stay true to who your brand is. Mm-hmm. And so to your point about um, there's a lot happening, right? And not every issue requires a point of view from every brand. Mm-hmm. And so to the extent that your brand has a role to play in empowering or making your consumer lives better relative to an issue or a topic, then, you know, I think that's a place for that there may be a role for the brand. But I think it feels inauthentic when brands just weigh into topics or spaces where they haven't really been before or they don't have any brand acts or actions that show true commitment in that space. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that point. Um, So talk about um, like how how might a you know, inflation, um, you know, pending recession, how does that impact your, your messaging in terms of reaching people with insurance? Um, you know, is this a category that people tend to not invest in insurance when they feel like they can't 
you know, they have to pay more for their groceries. Like talk about how you're navigating those complexities. Yeah. So, you know, we think about insurance as it's a, it's about, um, we think of it in the value, in a value place, right? So you, if you own a car, then, you know, you want to ensure that your car is insured because if any accidents occur, then, you know, the, the least, the least disruptive to your budget is to have insurance to cover those costs. Same, same mm-hmm. with your home. And so for us, I think we think about this as a time to really remind consumers of the importance of being protected because it provides financial stability and can protect you from any financial strain in case of the, the unwanted or unexpected things that can happen. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It's sort of like the idea of, um, you know, keeping, keeping brand awareness top of mind during times of, of economic turbulence, right? Like you have to sort of continue investing in those, in those brand building ideas. It's yeah. Brand awareness, brand building ideas and reminding, continuing to remind people the true um, value proposition of the brand. Right. How do you um, navigate getting buy-in from leadership on that front? Like, is it, is it difficult to, you know, invest in, in marketing during these times and how do you navigate those, those conversations? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there, there are two things that we need to grow and we need to retain the consumers that we have. And so it's really difficult to continue to grow with um, a growing cohort or with growth consumers without any investment levels. And so making the case for growth is an important part. Making the case for growth and showing that we are responsible with our marketing spend, that we're making it work as effectively and as efficiently as we can so that we can use our dollars to go further, um, I think is the other part. And then, you know, obviously the return on that investment is important. And then, you know, maintaining our core consumer. We have to be in a position where we maintain the consumers that we currently have because that's a key part of um, our business model as well. Do you feel that there is a bigger scrutiny on on measurement right now just because of, you know, needing to prove ROI, needing to sort of make make it uh, clear that the investment worked? There is, but I think that in some respects is the upside of um, digital becoming an even bigger part of, of our, our uh, media mix because it's much easier to measure digital um, and it allows us an opportunity to really track customers through the, their journey. So, you know, measurement is important. We, we, um, we believe strongly in ensuring that we're, we understand the art and science, the, the art and science of how our marketing dollars are spent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think all brands are starting to see that measurement is a big part of, of how you justify the spend. Yeah. Yeah. How do you personally like navigate, you know, just the pressures that CMOs are under today to deliver results? You know, CMO tenure is lower than it's ever been. Um, You do have to straddle sort of like the art and the science piece of it. What's your what's your secret there? Uh, My personal secret? Yeah. You know, for me, it's always about making sure that I stay true to the goal at hand, right? And so at, at its heart, we're here to make consumer lives better, to make them feel protected and ensure that we are articulating the brand in a way that's compelling. That, that I, I think our, our teams derive joy from that. Our teams derive great um, satisfaction from being able to make consumer lives better and, and, and helping to you know build the brand. And so we, we all get energy in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. Well, Sharina, thank you so much for your time. It was great to 
chat with you. Um, and I hope we can, we can chat again soon. Sounds great. It was really nice to meet you and, and thank you for inviting me to come and chat with you. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.